Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't that long ago when I used to have a rather, what's the word, blasé attitude to health. Just listen to the experts, do what they said, don't care too much. Not anymore. Sort of got to look at things for yourself and work it out. That's what we've learned. And that not, uh, it's a scary thing that the health experts don't necessarily have our best interests at heart. And to help us uncover what the story is with lead, because I thought lead was something we had dealt with a long, long time ago, we have the starter of lead awareness or lead aware, Ananda Card. Good morning, Ananda. Good morning, Rodney. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're American. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to hold it from. against me. <laughs> no, I love America. I love Americans. It's the greatest country on earth, for sure. That's what a lot of Americans think. I think New Zealand's pretty good too, though. <laughs> of course it is, but um, I love America. I, I love its history. I love its people. I um, love its resilience. I love its political system. And because it's big and powerful, everyone likes to knock it, and it's the West. But you still go there. I just recently went, and it's still amazing. Yeah, I'd be I've proud been, to be back for a long time. I'd be I proud to it. be American. I'd be very proud to be British. Mm-hmm. Um, just such a wonderful, rich history. How did you get the name Ananda? Uh, so it's actually pronounced Ananda, not Ananda. People think Ananda. it rhymes with Amanda, so they'll call me Ananda. And even sometimes um, Kiwis will think that it just must be my American accent saying my name wrong. <laughs> so they keep yeah. calling me Ananda. Um, but it's Ananda, which is a Sanskrit word for bliss. Bliss, nice. So my um, parents are into Eastern religion and um, uh, meditation from India, and that's how I heard them. Were they hippies? little bit, yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Ananda, is that right? Ananda. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. Do you get sick of having to correct everyone that thinks you've misspelled it and it's really Amanda? No, I don't really correct people that much unless I'm meeting them for the first time. But if, if someone keeps calling it me, I just, you know, it's not, it doesn't bother me too much. But, you know, if I meet someone uh, for the first time, I Ananda. exactly. Tell me how you got into this making us aware of lead yeah so i was really super clueless um i mean i knew so background growing up in america americans seem to have this kind of ingrained knowledge and fear of lead um that i'm now learning that kiwis don't have um and i think that may come from regulations and things in the 70s and 80s and you know maybe we had like psas on tv about lead paint or something when I was a kid. I have no idea. But so I kind of had that in my background, but in terms of my everyday life, it just was not in my consciousness at all. Um, But then in 2019, my family moved to Gisborne and we bought a 1929 old um, bungalow and we had these lead light windows, so many lead light windows and our neighbors used to play cricket next to them. And so while I'm breastfeeding my baby, who's um, about six months old at the time, and I had a a three and a half year old too, um, I was just, you know, Googling random things, you know, what happens to lead light windows if a ball comes through it? Is that expensive to fix? Like, do I need to get on my neighbors about not playing right there? (laughs) And then I realized that the the lines, the cames in the windows are pure lead, which, you know, seems really obvious, but was not something I even knew at the time at all. and we had some oops, sorry, we had some lead light windows that came right down to, you know, maybe 20 or 30 centimeters off the floor where my oh, wow. baby used to pull himself up on the table and play right there by the front door. And I was like, holy crap, like, you know, if they're up high, you know, maybe that's not something to think about, but he could touch these. Like there's lead right there that he can touch. And so then I started like that was just the beginning of a long cascade of learning about lead. And so I started to get really paranoid and I wanted to test the kid's blood 
to see if they had it in them. Um, my husband thought I was paranoid. He's like, no, 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 no. And um, I called the GP and the GP said, no, there's no way that your kids have any lead in them unless you've recently had your house painted. And I was like, yeah, but we have these windows and our house is old. And, you know, that's there's all these risk factors. So finally, what I ended up doing, which <laughs> I could get past my husband because <laughs> he wouldn't let me touch the kids, was sending some samples away. So I sent some soil samples and some vacuum dust samples to Hill Laboratories. And they came back pretty high. Um, our veggie box soil was not that high, but right along the side of the house was um, like in seven or 800 ppm. And New Zealand soil is considered contaminated at 210 ppm. Wow. So and, just, just let me digest that. So yep. you took the soil from and vacuum dust and mm-hmm. you sent it off to Hill Laboratories. That's in New Zealand? Yep. In Hamilton. And, I used to work there. Okay. And was that very expensive? No. Uh, well, I mean, it's relative. It's about 50-something dollars per sample. Okay. So you got it tested. And it yeah. came back, the soil, first of all, was 700 parts per million. Or seven or 800 around there, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you said that the acceptable level declared by our authorities' experts is 200. 210, yeah. If you're over the level, what does that mean? You have to dig the soil out? What does is, what is being over the level imply? Oh, well, that's a that's a whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, well, you carry on. You tell it in your own time because I was just trying to slow you down on those okay. numbers. <laughs> All so right, now, yeah. And you got – so you carry on. I'm sorry. I was just trying to get my head okay, around. Okay, so we'll get to that. Um, so my, the soil is too high and the vacuum dust was 300 and something parts per million. And so if you think about that, there aren't any standards for vacuum dust in the whole world. Um, but – you could kind of go along with the soil levels. So if you yeah. think that 210 is contaminated in soil, surely you don't want your indoor dust to be higher than that, right? And you've um, got a baby crawling all over the floor. On the floor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Putting everything in their mouth. Yeah. Is hubby now getting alarmed? Yeah, yeah, he got on board after that. <laughs> so then we I tested the be. kids and we did more samples I and a lot more samples myself. and a lot more testing. We spent thousands of dollars on testing and now, like every inch of that house is mapped, and we know how much lead is in every part of it. But, You're still um, in the house. You're still in that house. I'm not in the house anymore because my husband and I recently separated. So I'm oh, in a I'm different house now with okay. different issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the, one of the samples that I sent away next was I took um, like the stick part of the vacuum. I took the the, the handle thing, uh, the floor thing off, and I just vacuumed really, really intensely. Um, within about half a meter or a meter of all of our lead light windows. So I, I just got it out and I intensely vacuumed in all those places and I we measured the the area so I could find out how much lead per um, area there was. But in the end, that, that calculation didn't matter so much. But the dust that was in the, that area of the windows just directly below them was over 2,000 ppm lead because it turns out that lead light windows and stained glass, like pure lead just sitting there, just releases tiny little particles of lead. It just dusts down under the surface below it within about a meter. Really high lead levels just by it just sitting there, just oxidizing in the air and just being exposed to the sun and just sitting there. And so, um, and even I tested the window sills just directly underneath the lead light windows. And so there's um, standards for what's considered hazardous for lead dust on floors for babies. And um, the scientists accept, uh, uh, agree that five micrograms of lead per square foot of floor is um, a hazardous level for babies. <clears throat> but these windows, just the windowsill directly under the lead light windows, was over 400. And that they had just been painted like a couple of months before. So that, that and I, we probably didn't dust them because it was pretty up high. So, um, yeah, so our levels in the windowsill was over 400 micrograms per square foot. And what you would be, as a, young, as a young mother, 
where all you want to do is protect your baby, yeah, you would be beside yourself thinking you're living inside a hazardous waste dump. Yeah, totally. And that's what happens to so many mothers when they start realizing these hazards. Um, it's really scary. <laughs> would you think your house, given its age, given the lead light windows, do you think that was would be especially atypical or would other houses no. have it? Every know. single house with lead light windows will have that same problem. Lead light windows are as much of a dust, a lead dust hazard as chipping lead paint for babies. Carry on. Even just My having goodness. like a stained glass like bird in the window is still a risk. I had friends who had a stained glass bird in their kitchen window and they kept their salt and pepper underneath it. And I was like, no, you don't, you have to move your salt. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't keep that there. Like that's dangerous. You would sound nutty though until you. Yes, that's the thing. And everybody would be like, no, 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 no. That's crazy. And the doctors would think you're crazy and nobody believes it. And, you know, even there isn't even any good established scientific literature on this lead light windows being a lead poisoning risk. But if you talk to um, people who actually test houses, um, especially in America, there's a lot of these um, investigators um, and anybody, even in New Zealand, who's done environmental analysis in houses, everybody knows that it's a huge problem. But if you try to Google it, it's really hard to find. Like it's, it really seems not um, not very well established, but it is. <laughs> and so, so what, yeah, then so you start to feel crazy and paranoid, and nobody believes you, and things are just you know a little bit crazy. And yeah, so I've had some problems with that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all have. Um, so <laughs> you have measured this. You have established it that it's extremely high. But I don't know what that means. Like they've put a number in. Presumably any level's not great. But anyway, yeah. it's over the official level, not by a smidgen, but by a lot. Factors multiple of multiples. So then what happens? So we did test the kids and um my baby, the six month old, or maybe he was by that time nine months old, did have an elevated um amount of lead in his blood. Um, at the time, it was not concerning at all because the levels have changed. So the in, um, blood lead is a notifiable test in New Zealand. And the level right now that's um, notifiable is five micrograms per deciliter. Those are the American units, which is much easier to understand. Um, but at the time, it was 10. And my baby's levels were 4.8. So even by today's standards, it's just a little bit below that. But back in 2019... Um, his being 4.8 and the notifiable level being 10, like nobody cared at all. Like it didn't even matter. They just consider that's normal and safe and fine. But um, but the the scientific literature um, has established that even levels as low as one, which is lower than the average level in New Zealand, can see detrimental um, health effects. So there's, and that's why they say there's no safe level of lead because it doesn't matter how low they look, they still see um, issues, people having health issues. And what does it do to us? So a lot of things. Lead affects every system in the body, like every single one of them. Um, but the, the biggest concern is for babies and kids or also um, babies in utero, prenatal exposure is a big thing, um, because kids and babies' brains are still developing, and um, lead is a neurotoxin, so it, it d disrupts that development. And it's really difficult situation because oftentimes when babies or kids are exposed to lead, there's no symptoms at all, zero symptoms. Um, the, big, the most common symptom is no symptoms. But um, so they could be exposed when they're six months old, but then it's not until, you know, they're three or four and they start having these crazy tantrums or they start school and they're having learning difficulties, uh, having trouble sitting still, just having like aggression or impulsivity. And um, and then ADHD is also a side effect of lead poisoning. So that the um, scientific literature has established that 
20% of ADHD cases, at least in the U.S., um, are caused by lead poisoning. Um, and autism, not autism itself, but lead poisoning can manifest as autistic symptoms down the line in, in older kids. Um, so, and there's a lot of these neurological issues that um, there's no way to trace it back. So if, if your kid, you know, when they're six or seven is having these problems and you're like, what? Oh, how did this happen? You know, it could be partly because if you have a family history of it, your kid might be more susceptible to damage from lead than other kids. Um, so, or it could just be random. Like um, a lot of, there's a Facebook group um, for the American lead poisoning activist, Tamara Rubin. She's lead safe mama. Um, there's a lot of families who come to that group because in America they do routine blood screening of babies and kids at like one year and two years in many states. It's routine to have the, every time they go to the doctor for immunizations or whatever other things, they get their blood checked. And so families come um, to this group saying, oh my God, my baby has elevated lead. And um, what do I do about this? I have no idea. But, um, and often there's no symptoms, but then you see some of the people who their kids are older, they've been exposed to higher levels of lead, you know, when they were younger. And like, um, there's lots of neurological issues that um, those families describe. But if you hadn't tested them when they were babies, you would have no idea that that's what happened. And so uh, for sure that's happening in New Zealand because it's really hard to get babies tested for hair. It's not a routine thing here. And um, even if you want to get your kid tested, it's hard. Like I told you that um, my GP said, there's no way that they have any lead in their blood. Well, my baby was, you know, really close to what is now the notifiable level, which at the time did, it was the what did your, level in America. What did your GP say when those tests came back? Uh, nothing. It was below the notifiable level, so it wasn't concerning. Oh, I did end up contacting um, the community health people. I forgot the name of the organization. And they basically just said, oh, you know, here's a pamphlet which just said, make sure they get adequate calcium and iron and you know that's fine <laughs> so if if your child or infant or baby is exposed to lead like your ch children that could be affecting them but not become apparent till later in childhood mm -hmm. Do they, do their lead levels drop? Like, do they get rid of the lead or does it stay with them? Well, the, the level in the blood drops. The half-life mm -hmm. of lead in blood is 30 to, it, well, it seems to be for kids, it can be as long as 90 days. But within a few yeah. months, um, it starts dropping quite quickly if the exposure has stopped. <clears throat> um, if the exposure is still there, then it will stay. The, if they're still being exposed, it will stay in the blood. But even when it does drop from the blood, when exposure stops, or as kids get older and they stop mouthing things and putting things in their mouth and crawling around on the floor, um, as the levels drop, it doesn't go away. It doesn't get eliminated from the body. It mostly just goes into the bone where it stays forever. So there's a lot of people like, you know, from our generations that were exposed to um, lead and petrol. And that is hands down the biggest um, historical exposure to lead is people who got it from uh, the tetraethyl lead from petrol. Um, in New Zealand, that happened for a much longer time than it did in America. So in, in the US, they got rid of lead in petrol in the 70s. But New Zealand, we kept using it until 1996. Um, so everybody born below before 1996 in New Zealand will have this massive plug of lead all in our bones. And the half-life of lead in bones is like 30 years. So it stays there pretty much forever. It starts to decrease as you get older. And, and they say that that is probably the reason for women having osteoporosis is that, um, so your body looks at lead as calcium in the bone. So it takes the lead into the bone as if it was calcium. And so when people get older, you know, the hormonal changes and bone remodeling 
um, it starts to be released from the bone and that's when the bones get weaker. And also that lead then becomes exposure in your body as you age because it's being released into your blood again. And so a lot of older people will have higher levels of lead because it's coming out of their bones. My goodness. Um, with the tetraethyl lead in petrol, how did we ingest it? Was it in the air or in the ground and contamination? So tetraethyl lead is what's called organic lead, um, which is a really special kind of lead that is easily absorbed in all the ways. So um, it, it, mainly from inhaling it from a car exhaust, I think. But also if you ever got it on your hands, it would absorb straight through skin. So lead that's in things that we now have in our environment, the inorganic lead, like what's in paint and um, brass and um, soil, and those what soil comes from paint. Um, so all these, this inorganic lead, um, it, it doesn't really absorb through skin. So you have to eat it or, you know, knock it up into the air and inhale a lot of it. Um, or in the case of the lead light windows, you know, if it's in your carpet, you know, uh, babies crawling and knocking it into the air and inhaling it that way. Um, but tetraethyl lead was really easily absorbed just by breathing it just from the car exhaust fumes, I think is how most people got exposed to it. But also the um, car exhaust settled into dirt around motorways and um, and it's still there. That's even now mm-hmm. from um, c- contaminated land on the side of motorways. So as it stands at the moment in New Zealand, mm-hmm. the big risk is to babies and infants yeah. with lead light windows and paint that might have been stripped some time back, years back, but still sitting in the soil. Uh, yeah, so let me clarify that point. Um, definitely lead light windows, but also... Babies living and kids living in old houses um, can be exposed to lead paint even without. So if if like their parents or landlord renovated the house or sanded down some windows or something like that, that would be something that would definitely be an exposure risk for the lead paint. Because um, especially if it's sanded or even just chunks falling off windows gets ground down into little bits of dust, which can easily make it into kids. Um, and that's, and so renovations, just living in an old house that has deteriorating paint, but then also the soil, because on not on the exterior of houses, especially weatherboards, um, you know, with our intense sun, north facing weatherboards would have probably been sanded down or scraped down into the soil at some point. Um, and it's still there in that soil right next to the house. So people should never let their kids play in soil that's right next to their house because that's the the highest risk place for lead. Um, but there's also other places where other cases where lead contaminated soil has been moved around to other places. Like, you know, um, somebody dug up that soil and gave it to their neighbor to build a veggie garden, <laughs> then it could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the biggest risk to babies and kids is paint, soil, and I think definitely lead light windows. And then paint can really um, be, get, get into kids from an old house in so many different ways. But the other thing is that um, before 1950, the amount of lead that was in paint was way, 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 way higher. So like a 1900s house could have the lead, the paint on those um, houses, it's mostly exterior or windows, um, could be 50% lead. Um, in a 1920s house, it could be um, like 10 to 20%. But um, once you get down to 70s houses, then you're looking at like, you know, 1% to 2%. So houses built before 1950 are a major risk to kids. And it doesn't have to be just from renovations. Like if you renovate, you don't even have to be sanding lead paint. It could just be by taking a wall down because there's so much lead just even in the walls um, that could expose kids. You know, but things like like dealing with paint, like sanding and scraping, um, or the worst possible thing would be removing it with a heat gun. Because if you uh, burn off lead paint with a heat gun on the outside of your house, it seeps in through the walls and contaminates the entire house, just like lead everywhere that will continue to poison kids forever. (laughs) But it's invisible and people don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah. So if I'm a young mother or a young father or young parents and I've got young babies and children and I'm in an old house, loving it, character house, done it all up, what's your advice? Get the hell out of there, get it tested. What what should they do? So first of all, I think it's a risk for small children to live in a pre-1950s house, full stop. But um, if you're already in one of those houses, there's nothing you can do about that, probably. Um, so you need to make sure that your paint is in good condition. And if it's not, then you have to figure out what to do about it, which is a whole huge problem. Um, but the one of the best ways you could find out if you have problems is checking your vacuum dust. So you could send that um, to Hill Labs and have it tested like soil for around $50. And um, and if your levels of dust of uh, sorry of lead in your vacuum dust is like you know fifty or maybe even a hundred, that's not so bad. If you're getting more into like the 150, 200, 300 range, then I that's where I would consider that um, a definite problem. And the, the other thing is that indoor dust often matches the levels of lead in the soil outside because mm -hmm. the dirt gets tracked in so and i've seen that in both um the in all the places both places i've lived recently um that if your outdoor soil is around 50 ppm then your indoor dust your vacuum dust will probably be around the same and actually in my old house with my ex this the one that um started me on this journey the soil in the backyard was all pretty much around three to four five hundred and so that matched our indoor dust being the 300 like i mentioned earlier so, um, but the dust, if you're outside, the, the, the dust inside is coming from the outside is basically the point. Yeah. But also, even if your soil outside might be fine, if you've got lead light windows and, you know, um, deteriorating lead paint um, on your windows inside, then that's going to be elevating your indoor dust as well. So um, vacuum dust is a really good way. And it's called sediment as a sample type when you send it to Hill Labs. Um it's and not a very pleasant thing, is it? No, no, it's really not. <laughs> and it, the other thing is it's hard to deal with. Um, that's the thing that we found in that old house. And what I learned is that if you hire um, a tradie to come and sort your windows out or even a painter, like they might not do the right thing and they could make things way worse. You know, like you have, if you have some chipping paint on your windows and somebody comes and just sands it down and it goes all over your dining room and into your carpet and all over your house like you've just poisoned all your kids just by trying to fix the problem because the problem is so not understood here that um people that the tradies can make things worse but because they don't know and that's one of the things i like to change is um so in the u.s they have um if anybody is working on a house that has lead paint, they have to have um, training and certification in dealing with lead paint so they know how to do it safely. And so that involves tons of con um, containment. So putting up lots of plastic sheeting and isolating the area and protecting the ground outside and making sure that when you're working on it, any mess stays right there and you can clean it up and remove it rather than it just spreading everywhere and poisoning um, the family who's living there. Um, so it, that's something that I would really like to have it, here. It must be a very hard science and very hard for the data because it's not like, you know, immediate. So the well, cause Well, if you're testing effect, the blood, the, it shows up immediately it's in the immediate, blood. So if you're testing not, it, you can find it. But, but not the symptoms. Yeah, exactly. So how long has... How long have I know? Like, there's a theory at some stage. I remember that the Roman Empire collapsed because they went mad because of the lead in their drinking yeah. pots. That might be an old wives' tale. I don't know. But how long in the modern world, or how long has lead been an issue? Was it an issue in the 1800s? Has it always been an issue? What? Yes. They well, as soon as they started using um, lead, I think. Yeah, it's so I just was watching a presentation yesterday and there's a research paper from 1888 describing all the stuff that happens with lead, like 
the cardiovascular issues, the atherosclerosis, the, um, um, I think even diabetes, like so many of these issues, which affect adults, um, caused by lead, they've, we've known about it since the 1800s. And even in the early 1900s, when they started using it in the paint everywhere and the petrol, like they still knew about it. And the companies kept, like they kept it under wraps. Like they knew that their employees were being poisoned and they'd have to leave the job because they were so sick, but they just wanted to keep selling it and putting it everywhere in the whole world into engines and houses and now we're still dealing with that um those that corporate greed today and now it's like families that are having to deal with the consequences of it instead of those companies having to clean it up and the lead that was in the petrol just because you've cleaned up the petrol doesn't make all the lead beside the motorways go away no, yeah, it's still there beside the motorways. And there's even, they monitor um, air pollution, like in, in Auckland, they mon are routinely monitoring um, the air pollution and um, there's lead in the air because of the petrol way back then. And in um, there's a study in, in London uh, a couple of years ago showing um, the amount of lead that's still in the air pollution because of what was deposited all over the roadways. And, you have some background in chemical testing, right? Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so I back in the US I worked for biotech and pharmaceutical companies during research doing research there and analytical testing. And then um eleven years ago when I moved to New Zealand, I worked for Hill Labs doing analytical testing there. So I would develop new analytical tests and um monitor and maintain um, some of their existing tests. So like the, I used to work on the honey method. So um, the uh, Manuka honey, you know, you'd measure different um, aspects of it to make sure that it was Manuka or not, mm. Mm. or um, a bunch of different tests. So yeah, I was working at Hill Labs for four years. So it's not like you were a complete neophyte getting into this area. You have some background in testing. Yeah, some back in understanding chemistry and its effect on human beings. Um, I am blown away by this because I can't imagine what it would be like to have a young baby and hopping into bed at night and thinking every day they're getting poisoned. Yeah, it's not very fun. Um, I was really lucky that my husband at the time was on board with the whole thing. And like he made sure um, together to with us, with me, to learn all the right ways to renovate and doing all the containment and and making sure to keep the kids safe. We had so many issues where like some we'd have to hire a tradie who would come in and just cause this huge mess. Or like something would happen and there would end up being just mess falling over everything, all the toys and our whole living room. We'd have to clean everything up and like just so many things happened. It was just so stressful. And but I had him on board with me, knowing that this was really important and we had to do all the things to clean it up, to contain it, to do it the right way. But a lot of people don't have that. Like there's so many women who find out about lead poisoning and they see all these risks in their house just like I did but their partner will not even entertain the idea at all and so there's literally nothing they can do um and so that's even worse to know that you're in this environment that you know is toxic and is poisoning your baby and not be able to do anything about it and it was really stressful for me even being able to do anything about it and having to do all the cleanup and all the um just um vigilance and all the stuff that we had to do um but I can imagine stressful i bet i can imagine a tradie and this would be me a few years ago and i'd look at you as a mad american woman who's mentally <laughs> yeah, unwell <laughs> because this is how we've always done it and yep. she's running around screaming her head off about lead and her babies and you're saying oh another mad american right <laughs> yeah because totally. it's so invisible and it's not yeah, like I've had lots of trouble with um even the mums at my play center 
you know, like there's like a, a bunch of toys and things that I had identified as potentially risky. And there was one committee meeting we had and um, it was like to decide if they were going to listen to me or not, if we we're going to get rid of these toys that I had decided were risky or if they were going to listen to me at all about the lead stuff. Jeez. And one of the moms was like, I just really don't care about lead. There's so many other things to worry about. <laughs> and I was like, like what? You know, like, okay, you want to prevent your baby from like falling down the stairs and having a head injury. Like you want to, you know, stop them from getting hit by a car. Like, okay, but can you not do that? And be concerned about lead poisoning at the same time. Like, <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what are the authorities doing in New Zealand? Pretty much nothing. And that is something that's incredibly frustrating. Um, the only thing that we seem to be doing is as the rest of the world does something, then eventually a few years later, we'll get on board too. So, like, we've now brought down our notifiable level for the kids' blood. And Australia decided to limit the amount of lead that's in tapware because, you know, the, the brass in tapware for your kitchen sink will be putting lead into the water. And uh, about a decade ago, the U.S. lowered their levels to what they consider lead-free, but it's still 0.025%, I think. And so uh, a couple of years ago, Australia decided to... Um, bring those down to the American levels, which then meant that now New Zealand had worse standards than the rest of the world. So then last year, uh, no, I think earlier this year, New Zealand decided to adopt that, what go on, on along with Australia. And um, the master plumbers have been fighting for that for a long time. They did a lot of really good work on that. And so now that's gonna happen here, but not until 2025. <laughs> um, and then Australia also decided to reduce the amount of allowable lead in paint down to 90 ppm, which is what uh, the World Health Organization has been encouraging all countries across the world to do. So Australia finally decided to do that. Um, and so, but we didn't, but now there's finally a proposal out to, to bring it down to go along with Australia. Because otherwise we end up being the place where all the most toxic stuff can be dumped and have that still be legal. So as the rest of the world does things, you know, eventually we kind of catch up but there are a lot of ways that we are still not even catching up. Um, like even for ceramics, because there's there's lead in a lot of the glaze and color designs in ceramics. And in 2012, Australia reduced the allowable lead um, in their ceramics. And before that, we had an Australia-New Zealand joint um, standard. But in 2012, Australia reduced theirs. But for some reason, New Zealand didn't. So now we have worse standards in Australia. So um, and currently ours match what's in the EU standards for ceramics and glassware. But the EU is about to drop theirs by 400 fold. And there doesn't seem to be any indication that we're going to drop ours at all. Which means that once the EU does that, we will be have the worst standards in the whole world. So people could take all their toxic ceramics and glassware and sell it here legally, no problem. And, of course, even as you change the regulations, there's still a big carryover of existing taps of yeah. existing paint. Yeah, because I mean, you're not going to take out dealing, all the old stuff and everybody's not going to throw away their dishes. Yeah, And we're dealing with, you know, paint from the 1900s still. Yeah. A hundred years, over a hundred years on. Um, so you can't get rid of the old stuff, but it's really important to stop making the yeah. new stuff toxic. Because at I'm least you got to stop though, somewhere. I find myself understanding those women at the play center because we have so much with our kids to worry about and then this is just like mind-blowing right well and also it's not something that the government or the establishment is saying you should be concerned about this you know like it's not in the plunket book it's not your doctor's not telling you to watch this so it does almost seem like paranoia but um I mean, the like the World Health Organization recently declared lead as the most toxic substance substance of any chemical, more than asbestos, more than uh, PFAS, more than like every other heavy metal and pesticide. That lead is the most concerning chemical of everything. Um, so but I mean, in New Zealand, like you wouldn't know it. So I'm a young mother listening to this show. I'm living in a nineteen. 20- 20s house 
I've got old tips and beautiful crockery and <laughs> a baby. Royal, Royal Dalton um, stuff from the 1900s. <laughs> a baby and recently renovated. Where do I go for help? To what, to, have I got a problem or not? Or do yeah, I just... Pretty much, pretty much me at Letterware and Zed um, because there aren't really other... And would you help me if I was in that position? Yeah, yeah. People come into me all the time, um, and I'll um, try to figure out what their situation is and what their biggest risks are, and advise them on the best testing they could do to determine um, how bad the situation is, and recommend them to go to their doctor and get their baby tested. You know, if they have just renovated. Um, I'm talking to Ananda Card uh, of Ledawea, New Zealand. And I sort of started off this thinking, oh, yeah, this was an old thing that we used to have in old houses with paint. And I didn't realize that it was right in our face to this extent. Yeah, and well, even the Easter Paw Patrol mugs that have been coming out in the past few years, completely covered in lead in the glaze on the, on the, the Paw Patrol characters on the outside. Some of them 40% lead. Brand new stuff you can buy in a store still. like. This is still a big problem. It's gobsmacking, right? Yeah. Um, how are your children? How are they or how old are they? Sorry. How are they? Good. I mean, <laughs> so we've just recently separated, so there's been some um, some issues where I think that they've been, um, you know, dealing with and recovering from um, now. but. Um, my so my baby who at the time I realized this was exposed to lead um in the old house he we have he's he has some issues but we're not really sure if it's because of lead you know like he's um he is a bit impulsive and um I wouldn't say delayed but he has trouble making friends and um he tends to be aggressive and like hit when he gets upset and things like that. So like, you know, we're going through the CAMS, uh, child adolescent mental health um, program with doing a parenting program with them and trying to find out ways to support him, which is generally a good thing for all parents, I think. But so he does have a little bit of, you know, trouble. But he? He's now just turned five. Mm, and because so, you'll never know, will you? You'll never know. We'll never know if it's because of lead or, you know, just being a middle child or, you know, having his parents separated or all the things, you yes. know. There's no way to know. Yes, and, of course, you have your kids and, like, you can end up beating yourself up terribly over um, not taking something seriously mm. at the time. Yeah. I, I um we had our kids all immunized and I equivocated. We both equivocated and equivocated and equivocated over it. And I was a great follower of the Western A price. And they said, don't do it. Yeah, I thought, mm. They're right about everything, but maybe they're just wrong on this. And to back then, I couldn't imagine all the health authorities and all the doctors and all the agencies being wrong. And um, so I thought, oh, I'm balanced. At the end of the day, while I thought about it, I was still pretty glib. And then when I read RFK's book, I had no idea the amount of immunizations these poor little babies get, you know, bang, bang, bang. And you're taking them along and, and, at that time, we were in a 1910 house renovating. And now I'm beside myself about that, you know? <laughs> I know. Looking back, I know it's, yeah, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> and um, I know of other parents who have older kids, grown-up kids, who have had health issues and they've kicked themselves about renovating an old house when they were babies. And um, it's hard being a parent, right? Um, behaviorally and 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 the idea that there are these chemicals or you're going along trying to do the right thing 
by medical authorities. And you don't feel as though you're in a position where you can just take things for granted. But it's too hard to try and figure out on your own. And you've got to live. You know, you've got to get on with it. You're busy. You've got young kids. I it's know. Like, yeah, there's just too many things and too much to do. And life, just having little kids alone is stressful enough. It's you stressful. know, without trying to deal with everything else. Yeah. So it's, um, you can understand, you can, you can understand that reluctance. And I mean, in New Zealand, we have a real um, do it yourself, uh, couldn't care less. If you can't see it, it's not there. I'm terrible, you know. And I can imagine worrying about lead, but then busily getting, fixing up a weatherboard or deciding to paint a windowsill and think, oh, I just haven't got time. I've got to get this done this weekend, you know, just get yeah. on with it. And you're contaminating that soil forever in a day yeah and well, inside that, your house if you're not protecting it yeah well ananda it's a wake-up call for those who are interested in finding out more uh please go to leaderware nz and contact ananda it is astonishing what you're doing it's a little frightening and a little <laughs> hard to handle i'm pleased i yeah. haven't got little infants any longer because um, you expect them to be safe in the home. Yeah, you expect you you well. You want your home to be safe, and you a lot of people assume it is, and then to find out it might not be is is really confronting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I have a funny story about my little son. He is uh, he was verbally and physically dyspraxic. He's much much better now, but he was always falling over and always damaging himself. And I literally ended it, wherever we are, I end up on a first name basis with the accident and emergency with him when he was younger. <laughs> and um, he'd be on bikes coming down hills, he'd climb up on roofs. He had no fear, but he would always topple. And cuts and head cuts, just everything. He had more things than 50 other kids. But his really damaging accident was inside he was just running along and he had jandals on and skidded off them and fell on a coffee against a coffee table and oh. it was just a wooden table and it pushed right through his cheek and out the other side so mm. you could see into his mouth and it opened his whole cheek up and took out a salivary gland and just missed the nerve of the side of his face which would have rendered him paralyzed down that side of the face and it's just one of those crazy things that I always think about that you always worry about him on the road or near water or up a, up a tree. And it was inside, just running inside in the living room and a damn coffee table, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's tough. Parenting is so tough in so many ways, um, particularly once you start figuring out what we need to do to keep them safe and make them the best that they can achieve to be when you're in a world that seems a bit toxic not just environmentally but also you know mentally for kids what they're teaching them and how they're getting on it's a very very tough assignment isn't it it is yeah and um, i think it it would be easier um, if there was more information available about it. You know, like um, some of the things um, some of us advocates like me are proposing is, you know, having leaflets in the DIY stores or, you know, having free paint mixers that, you know, have a lead warning on them. Like, have you checked for lead paint? Or, you know, pamphlets even in the doctor's office or in the U.S. how they screen kids' blood routinely. You know, like we do in here in New Zealand, the newborn hearing screening right when a baby's born like pretty much every baby in New Zealand gets screened for if they can hear because obviously there's a lot of downstream issues that could come from that you know like I don't know why we couldn't do the same thing for testing their blood or you know like there's a lot of uh like vintage toys like toys that are made before 2010 um could have lead paint in them like 2010 2010 <laughs> 2010 you know so Not those like 1910 
yeah, we're not talking about 50s toys. Like even 90s toys could be um, pretty toxic. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, here we go. Make yourself aware. Make yourself aware of the lead in the products you're buying. You go to the, you know, recycling uh, thing and buy kids' toys, which I do, and you get these wonderful things that Nana would have had. You think, oh, that'll be so nice to have in the house. And you don't know. Yes, um, I know. And that's the thing is like, you don't want to have to always buy new stuff or like throw away the old stuff. Like, I hate that, you know? Yeah. But I'm not going to give my kids old stuff because I don't want them to be exposed to what could possibly be in it. So, you know, mm. I have I buy the new things and for certain things, you know? And uh, well, thank you, Ananda Card. Thank you for waking us up. <laughs> To, Thanks for talking uh, to me. Well, no, I, lo- I well, as the word love it, I appreciate the <laughs> warning and mm. I appreciate the awareness because it's, you know, forewarned is forearmed. And there will be people listening that will be able to make changes in their lives. And of course, to the extent that you can limit the exposure, it's all good. It's it's the best thing that you can do. And it's another thing just to be mindful of. So I do appreciate it. And I do appreciate your web page. So that uh, web page is just Google Lead Aware NZ. And if you have questions, Ananda has very kindly said that she'll take them. Um wonderful. Thank you for Thank coming you so on. Much. Thank you for talking to us and being able to explain it. That was Ananda Card with a, a warning uh about the extent to which lead is possibly in your home environment and possibly about us, uh, something to be aware of. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) And you think of those cars driving down the road and you're sitting on the road sucking all that lead up. You're on Radley Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, please send us a text, 2057. Email me, inbox at radleycheck.radio. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you. So connect with us today.